Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. We hope you're well and safe wherever you are. If you've been listening in over the past few episodes, you'll have heard a lot of talk about the impact of COVID-19 on the TV drama business. Today, however, we're going to hear from one of the US's leading non-scripted producers, Phil Gurin, who's won four primetime Emmys for his work on ABC's Shark Tank and whose Gurin company is behind thousands of hours of live, event, game show, hidden camera, comedy, reality and clip shows. Phil is also co-chairman of Frapper, the International Format Recognition and Protection Association, which works together with C21, Entertainment Masterclass and Read Midem on the International Format Awards, which would have been taking place this past Sunday evening in Cannes as the culmination of MIP formats. That event's now being pushed back to the autumn, and Phil shares his thoughts about the continued importance of markets like MIP TV and Nappy in Miami, as a member also of that organisation's executive board of directors. Anyone who knows Phil will know he's always upbeat and positive about opportunities in the formats industry, no matter what the environment. And as you'll hear, his attitude's no different right now. He's already adapting his business and conducting lunches and evening meetups over Zoom. Here he is, talking to C21's Clive Whittingham. Well, I send you greetings from Los Angeles. It's a, <laughs> a very interesting time here for the entire television business here and all over the world in every business. Let's be clear. Whatever affects any of us is affecting everybody just differently. The unique thing that we have for our little business is I am predominantly a formats producer. I'm predominantly a live event studio producer. So most of our projects are on hold. We had several pilots. We were gearing up to start shooting, clearly getting a studio, working with contestants, working with an audience, working with a large crew and a big soundstage. For me and everybody else, that's on hold for the foreseeable future. We can take development of those ideas as far as you can go. You know, you can work on the script, you can work on tape packages remotely, you can work on more scenic design and graphic design and music composition. Everybody's working from home. But getting into a studio, I don't know when that's going to happen for us or for anybody right now, you know. They speculate here in Los Angeles, but that speculation changes when you wake up every day. It's a new speculation. You know, so that's that. that's from... That, that's one way it affects what I would say is ongoing new production. Um, the business had a different impact on us. We recently launched a brand new format that we co-created with the Canadian Broadcasting Company. It launched in prime time four weeks ago. It's called Fridge Wars. It's a prime time Thursday at 8 p.m. studio-based cooking show. And it's doing really well in Canada, and our whole hope was... MIP TV was where we were going to launch it globally as a format. So what's happened is obviously we're not going to MIP TV like nobody, like everybody else. None of us are going. But the what's interesting is because the nature of the show is about what do what you can do with the contents left in your refrigerator. We 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 find we're a very timely show. Um, so I'm suddenly fielding questions for the finish tape. Because it's only airing in Canada right now. It's geo-blocked everywhere else. So the content itself from um, a brand new launch, it's a double-edged sword. People want to see the show. But 
getting a new commission, getting new sales, getting new in, right into production right now will be a challenge. I think it'll happen. And we've also found interesting ways to recreate the format in a different way. So another question you might get to, one of the things that we're dealing with is what other companies are dealing with. If you have library, that's valuable. And there's a lot of, a lot of platforms that are looking to suddenly license library they may have overlooked. Uh, I don't predominantly work in the library business. I produce, you know, I'm mostly doing formats. So what can we do? We can create formats that can be done just like you and I are talking right now. I'm not the only one doing it. Everybody's out pitching formats, but also clip shows. We also know everybody in there. I would say in the two weeks since we've uh, began working remotely, I have probably pitched more content to buyers than I had in the previous three months. I, I started my company and I started my career doing clip shows. It's effortless for us to do clip shows. I'm a host of ideas. Everybody has ideas. And what will happen is I would venture to say 90% of the uh, reality community, unscripted community, has the same ideas, derivations therein. So it becomes a matter of which buyer do you have the best relationship with? Which buyer wants to be in business with you? I had three conversations just yesterday with networks here in the US, and they're getting inundated. They're developing their own ideas. What can be short-term uh, solutions to make sure when the run of shows that they have either on the air or when the stuff in edit is finished, what can they keep fresh? So they're hearing from every producer, they're developing their own ideas internally. But the thing will be, who do they want to work with? Who do they have a working relationship with? I will tell you this, I think it's a great time to be an indie, which is not something you would think I would say. But an indie can make a deal faster if you have the relationship with the buyer and make a decision quicker than the behemoth companies that have to go through multiple layers to get sign off to do something that may not be in the standard playbook for how they do deals. Every big company will have, it's got to be done this way. But an indie who is looking at their livelihood shriveling, I read everything in C21 and all the other international trades and how indies are really suffering and small independent companies who are freelancers. How do we qualify? How does a freelancer qualify for unemployment protection? How do how all these government schemes to help? So a freelancer could get a commissioner on the phone and say, I have an idea for this. Do you like this? Yes. What's the deal? Let's figure it out in 24 hours and let's go. You know, removing layers is good for freelancers and independent companies. So there's, uh, there's a lot to there's a lot to chew on there. On um, one of the things we've heard from production companies um, is if you've got something that you're actually sort of in the field making at the moment, that's, you know, that's uh, dead basically at the moment or certainly on hold. But if you've got stuff in post-production, then you're OK because people can work from home and edit that. For someone that does live and studio things, post-productions, I mean, it's it's not really a thing, is it? So does that does does that help your company? Have you got stuff that you've got in post? Well, going back to some of the things I was just saying, we just finished delivering everything we have in post. There's one show that will finish the edit tomorrow. After that, everything we were we had queued up were studio-based pilots. We had three live events, big you know, live two-hour primetime award show music shows in front of an audience at big venues. They're on hold now. But going back to how we can come up with other things, 
So I don't have a lot in the pipeline in terms of production. Every one of my friends who had a show in the field has been telling me horror stories, trying to get people home. How are they going to collect on insurance? What is the state? What does the government say? Is it force majeure in terms of how they can collect their insurance? Are they going to take a bath? I keep reading about some channel saying, you're on your own, mate. Sorry, you know, because everybody is looking to survive. I, I, uh, everybody's looking to survive. Today, we had the highest claim of unemployment in the history of our country in one, in one period. Yes, yeah, three and a half million or something. Same, a million alone here in California. And um, that's a big number. So, so we didn't have anything in the field, but the good news for my company, and I want to find, I want to find some good news here, which we have to, otherwise we'll go mad. As I say, clip shows and virtual shows. So can we take live award shows, live events, game shows, studio shows, translate them and transfer them into, you know, something that we do on Skype or Zoom? Team, I have all of them on my, you know, can you do a show on FaceTime? I don't know, but I bet we're all going to try. And, um, you know, I'm hoping that you'll be able to read an announcement today or tomorrow about some big live shows we can do this way. You know, I think, uh, you know, the big broadcasters are going to do their own, but a sharp indie can also get some of those things on the ground. We also, as a small indie, we don't have that many mouths to feed, right? The big companies, how are they going to sustain with all those mouths to feed when they're not able to make production? How does a comedy show, an entertainment show? I just saw that Takeaway did really well without an audience. How long does that really sustain how long are they going to be able to shoot? I don't even know. Are they going to be back in? I, I didn't see if they are they going to do more episodes or not without an audience. I don't know. The way London is at the minute, I would think I would think not because things have changed in London since uh, since that was filmed. So yeah, it might have just been a novelty value that one. Finished uh, finished tape you mentioned as well. That's that a lot of UK production companies and distributors have been sort of talking up finished tapes. Obviously, there's a lot of schedule to fill, particularly with all the sports going by the wayside obviously the u.s production companies tend not to own their finished tape so where does that sort of fit in your your planning how much do you own and how much can it help so my company is as i say we're not mostly a finished tape company we're a formats company so we have very 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 little in terms of library we have ip i'll I'll sell you a format right now if you want one So how do we, we're trying to create formats that can be done all virtually. We're trying to create formats that can be done remotely, where my team of editors and writers can source footage, source material, have people shoot for them in their homes. There's a lot of ideas out there. From, from my personal company standpoint, I have to shift right away from, I can't do a studio show. So let's use, our te- let's use the skills of our craftspeople, right? We still have writers and editors, you know, we have directors who can figure out how to shoot things interestingly through Zoom or Skype, guiding people in their homes. If we're working with celebrities, celebrities have setups in their homes, in their garages, in their gardens. You know, there's things that can be done that way. I talk to all my distributor friends who have tape and who have libraries to sell XUS. They're having a good time right now, you know. Yeah. Um, but you also will find, I think, in the short term we won't feel it in the near term when the new shows are over and you suddenly start seeing this plethora of library or virtual shows as i'm calling them i don't know how much appetite the audience will have for too much of it because we see it for free all the time every day anyway right you can do maybe maybe some people love that they can watch it every day 
I think you have to find other ways to to translate. I'm talking to you right now. I'm looking at you in your flat. That's a studio. What are we going to do in your studio? You're looking at me here in my home office. This is a studio. It isn't, but we'll make it. And we have to find different ways to recreate what we're used to doing. And we have to have entertainment. It has to end. It has to be entertaining. I would say the mood needs light because if you have the news on all day, you want to just jump out of a building. So, so you have to have a way to entertain. And that's what me and my company, we've always done. We're in the entertainment side of the business. So you mentioned MIP TV and obviously all the events have gone and are going to continue to go by the wayside. For your company and formats in general, it's, you know, we often hear it's, it's a people business and it's all about, you know, meeting face to face and networking. Assuming that these events aren't going to come back, you know, in the next couple of months, which doesn't look likely, how does that affect companies being able to, uh, you know, pitch, network, learn from each other, all the usual stuff we do at these conferences? How will the industry pivot and work without these uh, these events that sort of define the year for a, for a television company? So let's be specific there. There's so many things to unpack to what you just said. There's nothing better than FaceTime in Cannes or in Miami or in Content London or any of the things that we all go to where you're seeing people. And it's not necessarily a scheduled half hour meeting. It's the we're all congregating at a bar or the restaurant and we're talking and we're sharing stories. That's going to suffer. But you can still do FaceTime from the first day we started working remotely. I've been doing virtual lunches and virtual drinks with friends. I treat my six o'clock after work drink the same as I would if it was the old days. I schedule with my friends or my or my business partners. I sit with a glass of wine here in my office. They have a glass of whatever they want in their office. And we talk and we have a drink just like this. I did a lunch yesterday, a virtual lunch with an executive from one of the U.S. broadcasters. We're, sh we're exchanging information. Will we do a, a, a multiple Zoom at some point? Probably. It's never going to replace hanging out together. It's never going to place, replace what we're all used to doing. You walk down the croisette, you're talking to people. But you know what? We're going to try, you know, we're going to try to do the best we can to replicate that. And I've been telling everybody, it's so vitally important. Don't just pick up the phone. Everybody has the technology to use a FaceTime app or a Skype app. See your friends, reach out, try to create some sense of normalcy any way you can. Look, Frappa, so I'll, 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 I'll talk about, again, MIP, two hats on. Frappa had a big, we do our summit. We were really growing. We are still growing. This is our 20th anniversary year. There's a lot that we're trying to do. We had a great lineup of speakers and programming for our, our Frappa summit again. We're getting more and more, we're seeing more and more companies register their formats through our format registration service. We've had an uptick just in the last week. People are registering ideas left and right with us because people are sitting at home and they're having more time to develop. They're also probably in a little panic mode because if we were shooting and you were having deals and you were on location or in the studio, that suddenly just all went to shit. Oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So the, so, so we're seeing at Frappa, we're seeing people register, register, develop, 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 trying to figure out what, what they can do. But we're, look, Frappa is going to miss that we're all hoping that we'll, you know, we move the format awards to, to October, you know, with, with you guys at C21. We're excited about that. Hopefully it gives more people a window to submit to be considered for the awards because we're going to extend the, uh, the deadline. 
don't know if that's answering your question. Then from my business, I truly we had not only Fridge Wars to launch, we had half a dozen other shows that we were going to launch. Things that we're doing with pilots, with streamers and broadcasters, because I do a lot of international. I had a lot of content to go sell this this market, so I'm trying to do it the best way I can. Yeah. Do you think there'll be any um, permanent takeaway from what we're having to do now in the long run? Because it's not that sustainable or particularly politically correct at the moment to be getting on a plane every week and going off to these different places. Do you think the event schedule will just, as soon as this is over, we'll just all be back on the plane and it will be the same circuit? Or do you think it may come back in, you know, fewer events, I guess is what I'm asking. So, okay. So I, I sit on the board of NAPI. I'm very close to the folks who would read, read meet him through Frappa. I go to Banff in Canada, um, which was also just recently canceled. Yeah. Every trade show, every market has been having challenges for the last bunch of years anyway because of the way consolidation works and because of the ownership of streamers. So it, it's, it's been a challenging business for all these conventions and markets anyway. You need them for FaceTime, as you just pointed out, Clive. You need to see people. You need to be around people. But I think some things will not survive. I think the business will change. I've told people that I think what's happening is we're reinventing society through this, through this natural disaster or unnatural disaster. Yeah. We're reinventing how we all do our lives, and it's going to have an impact on how we do business. So you can already see people realizing – Hell, I didn't need that many people in the office. I didn't need to spend that much money on going to trade shows. I didn't know I didn't need everything that we think we built up and needed. There'll be a cleansing here. It's a purge, if you will. Some people will never survive this professionally. They'll go on to something else. Some companies will re-examine how they've done business. And then there'll be new ways to do business. And there will be people who see, oh, I can do it even leaner. My margins will be better. And I think it'll change. Look. I will always want to go to the big markets. That's how I've spent my life. And it's not because I'm just trying to hang on to what was there. I know it's so vitally important to see your friends and business colleagues. And if you don't see them, and if you're not there talking with them, it changes the business. I'm not sure, you know, I don't want to say, I don't want to target any particular events that may suffer a death knell by this. But, you know, there are a few out there that may not come back because of this, because they'll realize, oh, did I really need to go to that one? Is there a sort of cutoff point where this becomes like terminal for for the for the business? If you see what I mean, like we might be able to cope with three months, but six months might is going to be a real issue. Is there, is there a point in time, you know, where television and content, you know, gets to a critical point in this? I was talking to a friend of mine at one of the big streamers here in the U.S. two days ago, and she said they're they have so much content already in the pipeline, already on the shelf, that they're programming for 2022 literally that far out there's no sense of panic at that particular streamer a lot of these companies do have a lot of library will people keep coming to library i don't know at some point they'll go to gaming they'll do other things we already see traditional viewing patterns just change because there's so much competition for your eyeballs free time right so everybody wants your eyeballs what can we do so habits will be broken habits will change Anything that we thought we knew will be different. If this goes on, which I expect, I'm not a doctor. I, re I, watch, the t I watch the news like you do. They, my kids are not going to go back to school, they told us, till the 4th of May. I don't even believe that. 
I think they won't go back this this calendar year, this school school year. They're upstairs right now doing online school. You know, at least that's what they tell me they're doing upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, God, I hope so. My dog looks at me and goes, why are you home all the time? <laughs> and if she could talk, the only good news for my dog is she's getting more snacks because daddy likes to give her snacks from the counter. <laughs> I don't know what happens if this is going on. If I can't get back into a studio for, I don't know, six months, nine months, I'll have, ha I will have reinvented my business as a clip business and a virtual business. Yeah. I was going to, cause my next question was going to be not to, not to sort of labor the point or whatever, but do you think the live event space studio shows, they'll, they'll be the last to come back, won't they? Because you'll, you, you need a studio full of people. It's all about the audience reaction. Yeah. I mean, look, we already heard today. You probably saw this that Elton John, and iHeartRadio, they've announced a big concert here uh, Sunday night. James Corden is going to have something on Monday night here at CBS. Um, you can do uh, entertainment programs virtually. We'll find ways to do, I'm in business with uh, Twitch, the platform with Amazon, the gaming platform. We were going to shoot a game show for them. We've already had the conversation of how we make it all virtual and there's no studio. So we'll find ways to do that. The live events will happen differently. And the other thing, so I was talking to production designers, right? The guys who build the sets. So the day the spigot opens and we can all go back to work, there will be a mad dash to book venues. There will be a mad dash to try to find the scene shops that build the things. If some of the scene shops even survive, yeah. because they may not even survive their people just may go and do other things. So it'll be a conflict. Yes, they'll come back. We may not be able to get the crew. We may not be able to get the venue. We may not be able to build the sets because there'll be this mad dash. And it'll take time, you know, for the calendar to kind of flesh itself out. When will we see, will the Oscars, the Emmys, the Grammys, the, you know, the Brits, the BAFTAs, how is all that going to work? Who knows? Phil Gorin talking to Clive Whittingham. That's all for today's show. Remember, if you'd like to share your story of coping with COVID-19 with the international TV industry, email us using the address press at c21media.net and one of our journalists will get back to you. There'll be more from the podcast tomorrow, but in the meantime, stay safe and stay up to date with all the latest industry developments by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>